Welcome to the Herbarium of the Bazaar, a collection of strange and spooky plants. I'm your host, Meredith Hemphill. We're going to start off with a little hike today. Picture a deep, dark forest. Ferns snatch up what light finds its way through the cathedral of tree branches above our heads, and mushrooms emerge from the blanket of leaf litter beneath our feet. If the ancient trees could talk, what secrets they could tell. At the gnarled roots of one of these giants, you spot what looks like another cluster of mushrooms, but there's something different about them. They're not just white, they're slightly translucent, with bell-shaped tops like little ghosts. They droop over, as if in mourning. Despite appearances, these are not the Victorian spirits of mushrooms. They are actually plants, pale, ephemeral plants that thrive in darkness. This is the ghost pipe. Ghost pipes are also known as ghost plant, Indian pipe, and corpse plant. They have a genus all to themselves, monotropa, which means one turn, referring to the single bend in the stem that gives them their melancholy aspect. They grow in mature forests in most of North America, except the Southwest, as well as temperate Asia and South America. Despite being so widespread, ghost pipes are quite rare, and because they grow only four to eight inches tall, or 10 to 20 centimeters, in rich forest understories, they can be difficult to spot, even in places where they are abundant. There are two species of ghost pipe you're most likely to see. Classic ghost pipe is Monotropa uniflora. Uniflora means one flower. These are the white ghost pipes with a single flower, which are the most common. They flower from June to September. The second most common species is Monotropa hypopitis, meaning under the pine. These ghost pipes are tinted red or yellow. The yellow ones flower in late spring to summer, and the red ones flower in late summer to fall. You will never see a green ghost pipe, however, because these plants have no chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is the pigment that plants use to photosynthesize, so for a plant to not be even a little bit green is pretty weird. But ghost pipes don't need chlorophyll because they never photosynthesize. They're parasites. Ghost pipes are what's called mycotrophic. They get their food from fungi. It starts with the trees. The trees in the forest have a symbiotic relationship with fungi that live in the soil, specifically their filaments, called mycorrhizae. The trees make carbohydrates through photosynthesis, and the mycorrhizae absorb inorganic nutrients from the soil. The tree roots and the thread-like fungi interact to exchange these vital products. Ghost pipes take advantage of this relationship. Ghost pipe seeds send out chemical signals that mimic the ones tree roots use to attract mycorrhizal fungi. This way, the embryonic ghost pipes plug into the nutrient network without having to contribute anything themselves. 
at any point during the life cycle. They just suck up the nutrients produced by both the trees and the fungi through the mycorrhizae. Ghost pipes spend most of their lives underground. Each plant only blooms for one week of the year. They are mostly pollinated by bees. As the flowers form into fruit capsules, the plants stand up straight, turn black, and shrivel up. This is how they got the nickname corpse plant. The fruit capsules crack open when ripe, and the seeds are dispersed by the wind to release more little spectral parasites into the world. The ghost pipe was well known to Native Americans. Cherokee folklore has a story explaining how the unique flowers came to be. In the early days of humans, there was no selfishness in the world. People gladly shared what they had and didn't quarrel. But when selfishness entered the world, families, friends, and neighbors began to fight and to keep what they had from others. The Cherokee chiefs decided that they needed to do something about all this strife, so they met to discuss it. For seven days and seven nights, they smoked the peace pipe together, but continued to argue. The Great Spirit was displeased that they smoked the sacred peace pipe without first making peace. The Great Spirit looked down on the circle of gray-headed men, heads bowed in conversation, and turned them into small, pale plants with nodding flowers. Now, wherever friends or families quarrel, that's where the ghost pipe grows. The Cherokee also regarded the ghost pipe as having medicinal benefits. They used the ground root to treat seizures. Other Native Americans used ghost pipe medicinally as well. The Potawatomi made an infusion of the root for menstrual cramps. The Cree chewed the flowers to treat toothaches, and the Mohegans took a root or flower infusion for fever and pain. The Thompson Indians of British Columbia made a ghost pipe poultice for sores that wouldn't heal. They also looked at how many ghost pipes were growing in the woods to predict how good the mushroom season was going to be. Modern Western herbal medicine still uses ghost pipe as a nervine, which is a general nervous system tonic for things like stress and anxiety. Ghost pipe can also be cooked and eaten. Reportedly, it tastes kind of like asparagus. If eaten raw, though, it has an unpleasant spicy aftertaste. This is usually a plant's way of trying to keep animals from eating it. Before you go hunting for ghost pipe for dinner or for your sore tooth, there's a couple of things you need to know. First, although people have been consuming ghost pipe for probably thousands of years, it does contain some chemicals that can be toxic to humans namely glycosides and alkaloids. You'll hear a lot about those in future episodes of this podcast. As the saying goes, the dose makes the poison, so small amounts are expected to be safe. Just be careful out there. That being said, remember, ghost pipe is a rare plant. It requires very specific conditions to grow. It needs mature forests, which are rapidly being lost to logging and development. It will also only link up with mycorrhizae from one family of mushroom. Furthermore, these plants are very delicate. When picked, they often bruise and blacken immediately. 
because of both their habitat requirements and their frailty, ghost pipes are almost impossible to cultivate. Overharvesting is already a problem for these plants, so I recommend that if you find them, take only pictures and enjoy them for all their spooky loveliness the way they are. Speaking of spooky loveliness, can you guess which famous poet considered ghost pipes her favorite flower? The answer is Emily Dickinson. An illustration of ghost pipes graced the cover of her first book of poetry. Stay tuned after the credits if you want to hear a strange poem in which she references this strange plant. Herbarium of the Bazaar is written, hosted, and edited by Meredith Hemphill. Special thanks to Sandra Hemphill for her research for this episode. Our outro music, Spooky Evening, is by James Mylor. Find him on Pixabay. If you have questions, corrections, or topic suggestions, email us at herbariumbazaar at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at herbariumbazaar. You can find Herbarium of the Bazaar on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever quality podcasts are aired. Please rate and review. It really does help us out. Don't forget to hug a tree today. Thank you for listening. Tis Wider Than an Indian Pipe by Emily Dickinson, 1879. Tis wider than an Indian pipe, tis dimmer than a lace. No stature has it, like a fog when you approach the place. Not any voice imply it here, or intimate it there. A spirit, how doth it accost? What function hath the air? This limitless hyperbole each one of us shall be, tis drama, if hypothesis it be not tragedy. <laughs>